Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and with me I've got... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hello, Nick. Well, it's just not as if we've said that before. No, these all seem to start the same way. I don't know what that yes. is, but there you go. Um, let's start with the beginning. Where are we? What are we drinking? We are today in the firehouse again. Mm-hmm. It's next door to our building. Yes, and so that's it's, easy. It's, it's drizzly and raining, so uh, it was an easy choice. Uh, today we've got um, a, a bottle I've seen on the list for a while, but I haven't actually tried yet. It's called the... Um, what is it called? 12 Tw- Signs, 12 Aries, Shiraz. That's right, yes. It seems so to have some trophies they gave themselves. Uh, you got to be careful on the trophies. I mean, there's a, there's a good marketing ploy to stick little gold stickers on bottles and, and say uh, say wonderful things. But, I mean, I've, I bought a bottle once just based on it. had these little gold stickers uh, all across it. I thought, how bad could that be? I was in a, I was in a hurry and I got to where I was going and tried it. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> and I just said, what, what could this have possibly won a gold sticker for? And I actually had a closer look at it as said best plonk Yarra Footy Club awesome <laughs> so um, ever since that time I've sort of dismissed the value of the true gold sticker and uh, anyway this um, this particular one is from um, Moppity Vineyards in Young a Young so, New uh, South Wales New South Wales regional yep. uh, 12 signs I think they've, they've taken a slight um, uh, star sign sort of feel here I hope mm-hmm. it's not 12 signs to work out if the wine's good or not but um, I do always have a little bit of concern about bottles when they don't really describe the bottle of wine on the back of them, but talks about meeting a, a mysterious traveller, dark brooding, complex and surprisingly fragrant. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I never like meeting surprisingly fra- fragrant travellers, but I think we'll, <laughs> we'll move on from there. Yes. Okay, so today we're talking about... We're continuing on with the cost of IT. Awesome. And drilling a bit more into some of the topics we covered last week. Yep, absolutely. So last week, as if you remember, if you listened, if you didn't, there's a link below in the description. Look at look at that magic. Um, we talked about a calculator we built where you could calculate, yeah, you know, at a high level, the cost of IT. And we yes. promised we go and drill into some of those numbers because at first blush, you look at the number and you go, where did they get that from? Yeah, where did they get that from? So we've got a few topics to get through today, but. Okay. But let's let's start with you know we turned around and we said you know a server costs you about this much money, let's unpack the cost of a server. Okay. And you know these numbers better than me, so I'll just ask questions and you can answer them. Okay. So let's talk about buying a server. How much does it cost to buy a server, Scott? Um, look, a good server these days, and by good server I mean something that's going to last sort of five years and a, a business grade server, not just a, um, something that's been sort of built together quickly and put into, mm-hmm. a, into a box, but you're, you're going to be somewhere between about eight and $25,000, right? depending on how much, how many, you know, how many processes, how much memory you need. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more memory, the better for, depending on if you've got more applications or if you're running virtual machines on the servers. Or, But look, in, in, in general, the average sort of server we would put out there, we, we work on about $15,000 okay. for the hardware cost. It's hardware, maintenance for five years, that sort of thing. So that's for a small and medium business yeah, type server. Yeah. Now, how long would you sweat that asset for? Um, so five years is a good figure. Mm-hmm. They will generally last seven. Um, the issue previously with uh, older equipment was power. Right. That uh, it used to be uh, cheaper to actually turn it off and to buy a new server. 
than it was to keep the servers running. Wow. So even so, though... So it, talk to me about that. Okay. So power, you don't really notice it, right? You just turn the light switch on. You, I suppose you do now oh, with the cost of power, but uh, power's so, expensive, isn't it? Yeah, the person who gets the power bill notices it. Um, so look, we've, we've historically put most things in data centres. Yep. And uh, the, look, the good thing about data centres, yes, they're, they're big, they're secure and that sort of thing. But they also, uh, they charge now using power as the main factor, not rack space or number of racks or floor space or... Wow, I used to, because I remember it used to be floor loading or yeah. number of RU, but they charge on power now. Yeah, and look, I've, I've been taking uh, data centre space and cages and various things for, oh, like I did 10, 15, 20 odd Longer years. Longer than most yeah, people who are listening long, have been alive, long, long really. Time. Yeah, and look, it's, it started with the amount of floor space. Yep. Then it started with how many racks we're going to put in there. And mm. then they started working out, well, the real cost is based on power. And look, a, a little while ago, a few years ago, we were paying about $350 a kilowatt. I think it's gone up a bit since then. I would have thought um, it would have. And so when you think about a, a rack... Yeah. Uh, which, so that's $350 a kilowatt a month, right? Yeah, per month. Per month. Per month. Yeah, okay. Yes. And uh, look, a, a, a chunky server can quite happily chew a kilowatt of power. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially with two power supplies. You can put two 500-watt power supplies well, in and you're, you're eating well, okay. That, well, yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully if, you've, if you're eating okay, you've got more than two 500-watt power yeah, supplies because if one fails, yeah. you've not got enough power to actually drive your workloads. Yeah, yeah, right. um, but uh, anyway, the, um, the, the concept is, though, that um, power usage in servers has decreased with more efficient power supplies. Mm -hmm. Things like using um, SSD drives, like you know, um, flash memory instead of spinning rust, yep. the old spinning disk platters, because they're not mechanical anymore. Yep. Uh, more efficient components, more efficient design. So they, in one respect, the, the power usage is decreasing, but the processes are doing more and more and more. Therefore, you're trying to run a server at full capacity by using technologies like Hyper-V or VMware, you know, multiple virtual machines on and one so server now. Yeah, again, you're reducing it's, but increasing. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and this is why it's not about rack space anymore, because you can quite happily fill a rack's capacity and power in a small number of rack units. Yep. So, anyway... But that, that, is, um, that, that is the reality of it. I know uh, last week you mentioned averaging about $300 a month for power yep. for a server. Well, when we buy power in the data centers, that's massive bulk power, wholesale rates. So that's cheap they, power, right? But they have, in most cases, small substations built into the data centers. So you're not talking about paying for all the infrastructure of all the little power lines going in the transformers mm -hmm. or whatever. You're talking about... Here's the 33 kVA lines going in or whatever it is. And um, distribution of power at a really raw wholesale rate, like a mass bulk usage rate. You know, if you've got a small business and you're putting a server in the cupboard or something like that, you're probably paying premium power. Oh, you would be. So if you so thinking about it, we've got our 15 grand we have to spend up front on our server. Yes. And that's... I'm now ignoring any services to get it in and configured and running. Yes. It's probably the same again, right? Oh, look, it, it depends. Uh, it, it, just to get the server running, generally not, but it's it's not about... You don't buy a server just to get it running. You really want your applications configured, yep. or your, your systems up front, your whole process um, set out. And that, that can be quite a lot. Okay, so let's... Uh, I'll budgetary figures. Okay. 30K to my server-ish okay. over the next five years, plus 300 bucks at least a month in power. Yeah, give or take, depending on what the server is. And the, the true cost as calculated by the vendors has been about 15% give or take of the total cost of ownership is the hardware. 
Oh, so my $15,000 is 15% of my costs over those five years, that five year that, period. That's, that's right. Wow. So if you multiply that by, say, six and a bit, that's really what you're sort of looking at for the true cost of that server. You're easing up to 80, 90K. And right? it, it really comes quickly. in this. It, it comes in this somehow. Then you're working out, well, hang on, how, do we, how are we going to spend 90 grand on servers over the next you know, five years or something like that? Well, once you start adding in power, you add in the time to manage the server, yep. you put in a couple of fault calls or some downtime and backups. All, all these things, the software that runs on it. Oh, the UPS to make sure your oh, power yeah. doesn't drop Which, off. Yeah, and, by the time you do all this, it actually does yep. add up. That it's not that cost effective anymore and it sort of relates to do we have everybody put little UPSs in their business with racks and servers and all their own infrastructure much like do we have everyone put solar powers on their house and try to make us all little power generators or you do you do it at a massive scale back in a data centre where it's more efficient and so, effective so and secure. So how my accounting firms were running back in the day, like when I first saw them, they had three servers, right? They had okay. one running Active Directory and some other stuff, normally a small business server, which meant it was running a ton okay. of stuff. Then you had a big file server for all their documents. Yes. Then you had your practice management server, so running MYOB or APS and SQL server running beside it. So you had these three servers. So you're telling me over the life of those servers, that's at least 300K... Just to keep them Would, washed, fed, and running yeah. over that life yeah. life wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Wow. When, because <laughs> it's administration time. That's where the bulk of it is. It's in people. And it, it actually works out higher when you're dealing with people who are not IT specialists. Sure. Because it generally takes them longer to do. Or, yeah, and it's not because they necessarily do a bad job, but they may not know the most efficient way to perform a task. Or in some yep. cases that a task even has to be done and therefore when something fails they spend more time trying to fix it and so forth and it, it all adds up. So so and I described that environment, you know, the three server SMB environment, which isn't uncommon. No. But there's no redundancy in that, right? That's a single point of failure in everything you're doing. There is. And this is when organizations started moving to the, the basics of what is VMware or Hyper-V, where yep. you can actually run multiple copies of a server on a server. Because if, yep. you, if you think about it, a, a physical server running one application, it's not running sort of red hot 24 hours a day. It's got some peaks, but most of the time it's just sitting there not doing much, so, waiting for someone so to So virtualization, this really modern technology invented by the mainframe guys in the 60s. That, 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 that's the one. That's yes, the that's one. the one, just with a bit of marketing around it and, uh, and a higher price tag. Yeah. Although in some cases I think it's still got the mainframe price tag attached to it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, look, it's um, th that became fairly popular. But, but I mean, that's... 15 years of it But even so, if one of those servers falls over, I'm, I'm in, I've got some downtime. Yes. But whether it's total or partial, I've got some downtime. So I think we've got a handle on server cost. Talk to me about downtime. Well, downtime is something that is not well understood. Mm -hmm. And the concept is, oh, okay, look, if we're down for a bit, we're down a bit, whatever, I get it. Um, someone comes and fixes it. How productive are we? It, it's not in the fact that you're paying more when you're down but you are not able to utilize what you're currently paying for in a productive way and that's okay. where the that's where the, the so real I've gotta, loss I've comes from. I've got to be really careful here so if I think about this I'm a professional services business I'm all about that average hourly rate yeah, that's right. figure if I've got an hour of downtime let's just take an hour I'm not necessarily losing that average hourly rate because potentially I can pick it back up later but I'm losing the cost of those people who can't 
you're paying work. dollars per hour for someone who is sitting there for that hour, whatever yeah. their average hourly rate is, you're paying them that and they're not able to productively work. But if it's just an hour, I can say, hey, guys, go get lunch. Yeah. They come back after lunch. It's fine. So and that's it, not the issue, is no. it? No. And if it, look, if it was an hour once a year, you'd sort of say, well, look, it is what it is. Yeah, go, yep. go get some coffee. Away we go. It's when it becomes a bigger element. And things like, if you think about COVID came along, Everyone was told to work from home. How many organisations all of a sudden said, oh, that's okay, we'll just send them home, they'll keep working as per they normally, you know, just as if they were normally at home. There was a lot of IT time spent out of, um, out of the industry on getting businesses very quickly ready so they could work from home. Yep. So, so the other thing we've got at the moment is the silicon shortage. Oh, yes. Yeah, and and I, know, I know nobody thinks about this, but today if a... One of the bits of silicon, so some of your RAM or some of your yes. ROMs or your chipset or your processor fails in a server, it's not like some guy can rock up with a replacement. Oh, it's hard enough to do before that because you're, if your IT guy actually has replacements for your, all your servers, then you picked a goodie. But, but most people don't carry those. No. So you know, a hardware failure could be a multi-day outage and, and maybe more. And it can be. Uh, most vendors would carry uh, maintenance stock in country. Yep. Um, however, that maintenance stock is not there in case you happen to need it and you would then ring up and try to buy it. That's there to service their maintenance contracts. Ah. And they would be reluctant to say, I'm going to, I know I've got 10 of these in country. Uh, yeah, I can sell one to you, whatever, but I then run the risk of not being able, not to, being able to service what I've already agreed yeah. to, and therefore I'm not going to sell that to you until I order a new one in. So you're going to need to buy a maintenance contract if you want that stuff fixed. Yeah, and look, it's, it is a bit like an insurance policy, yep. and they can be expensive, um, but there are also more cost-effective ways to do a lot of these contracts. Mm -hmm. um, the contracts as well also cover now things like uh, maintenance upgrades for software and firmware on servers. Yep. I notice uh, most of the vendors are now only making those available to people under maintenance contracts. Right. So I assume the cloud providers have maintenance contracts on all... Actually, they don't care, do uh, they? The, I think that's a, that's a different scale. Yeah, this is, this is a bit like if I had... Um, Let's say I was delivering newspapers yep. and I had 500 bicycles running around delivering newspapers. If one bike got a flat tyre, I'd probably just put it aside and grab another one. Yeah. And this is what they essentially do. This is do. what they do in the cloud land. They go, oh, that server's broken, but everyone's still running because we para-virtualise and we run yes. across hardware. That doesn't bother them. But that would require a small business to buy tens of servers. Uh, it's not in the tens sort of factor. When you look at some of the modern data centres, uh, they may only have people on site once a month. Yep. And it's to, over that month, here are the 10 or 20 hard drives in the various locations across the data centre that need to be replaced. Yep. Or here are the, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, Microsoft's data centre that was underwater off Scotland. Scotland, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it was down there Underwater for... Underwater on purpose. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> I should, should say, yes. They, they built a, um, a submerged, a submergible um, data centre inside, a, like a big steel tank. Yep. Uh, and it didn't have... It wasn't oxygen in it. It was a different type of gas. I forget what it was. Um, nitrogen uh, or argon or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so something that a person actually could not survive in. Um, but it was done on purpose. Um, and that thing was down there a couple of years. That worked I really think. well, didn't it? Yeah, and I think they, they got it back with 88 or 89% of all the hardware still working. But if something broke, they just 
turned it off. Yeah, they did. And yeah. restarted things somewhere. Um, and I've even seen the um, the new tests they're doing with uh, sub, um, taking um, server boards mm. and doing the whole submersion in. Uh, uh, it's a liquid. It's not water. It's, it's a mineral a, oil, isn't it's it? A, yeah, it's it's same, a, same thing you put sodium metal in so it doesn't explode. Yeah, it's it's a non-conductive liquid, yeah. and uh, it extracts the heat off the board so they can actually be run at a higher rate using less power. God, we diverse straight into the tag, don't we? Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> bring, anyway. It, bring it back. So, small downtime, yes. not a problem. Big downtime, big problem, and you need to think about what your risk is. Now, nobody would have said we'd have a global pandemic three years ago, and here we are with a global pandemic, and nobody expect your building to collapse, and here we are with the building yes. collapse. <laughs> and we've got a silicon shortage. So, yes. were you to have a catastrophic incident, like a fire, or something which prevented you accessing your servers... It's not you can phone someone and get new servers immediately. No. It's, 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 even with good backups, even Look, with good off-site backups, it would take it, it a week or so. And this is the same sort of thing with um, organisations that get affected by security breaches or viruses or malware or whatever. It's oh, not especially, especially that um, crypto locker type stuff where all their files get... Oh, God, I had a dream about that last night. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I, I tend to dream about other things. Um, anyway, um, the... Um, uh, it's the whole, you, you can in theory go and find a new server and ramp stuff up, but is it the right thing or are you just going and finding whatever was available at the time and hoping for the best and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's, it's, not, it's not great. Yeah, okay. You really want a proper maintenance plan in place for this. So that's, and we're thinking of servers, but loads of people have moved to the cloud. Oh, um, sorry, by the yeah, way, ser- uh, on the server maintenance, ballpark pricing, it's about $200 a month. Wow, so almost as expensive as electricity again. Yes. Wow. That's for someone to come out with spare parts and fix it. Now, whether it's a vendor or whether it's a third-party provider that does after warranty support, yeah, it's... I remember my first job in an accounting firm, we had that kind of maintenance. And when something fell over, some guy would turn up with a spare part and go, it's fixed. That's it. And we paid through the absolute nose for that. But they turned up. Yes. And your firm was not down. Yes. Yep. Okay, that service, in the world of cloud, everybody's got their own device. Devices fail. Yes. Right? Um, Minimising that downtime's got to be important too. It it is, and hopefully you're at the point where if if you are on cloud-based applications, Mm -hmm. it's not that tied to a device that you could not use another device if you needed to. Okay. If you think about a laptop, look, a half-decent laptop's about $1,500. Yep. It breaks. That, that's annoying. Quick, go get another one. So you want to get your system set up so you know, a staff member gets a broken laptop, they can wander into a, a JB Hi-Fi or yeah, a Harvey Norman, yeah. buy a new 1500-buck model, log in with the Office 365 account, and their machine's up and running. That, that's it. Cool. And look, the um, things like the Samsung phones now, they provide a virtual desktop capability yep. that you can actually run off your phone. Now, yes. you, you want to plug it into an external monitor because clearly trying to be productive on a little tiny screen's not... That Especially with my eyesight. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's lots of options now, but it is the commodity device. Right. And I wouldn't be putting those under a maintenance contract by no, any means. Because you can replace them. They're fungible, right? You yeah, can replace them really quickly. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Cost of downtime, cost of service, it's way more than you think. It is when you actually add it up. And it may be the difference between, you know, do I spend $12,000 up front or $15,000 up front on a better server? Well, the 
the net thing is that after five years, that cost is largely irrelevant, that little difference in cost. So you might as well get the better one because it'd be difficult well, to pass the better. You can get the better one if it's going to provide value to you. Yep. But generally, the, the more expensive ones these days will last longer and provide more outcome. So Wow. So loads of money <laughs> on all these things. But in general, I, we're sort of looking at this saying there's probably only another single transition left in on-site servers before yep. it's all in the cloud. So you say, you know, at TribeTech, you'll charge a customer a certain amount of money per month. Yes. And that includes running all of this stuff. Oh, yes. Doesn't it? So that, that, That's it. When will we get down to, like, $300 for power and $200 Ooh. for maintenance and fifteen grand for a server and, you know, that's only 15% of the cost over the blah, 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 blah. Right? It makes the kind of 200 to 250 to $300 a month per user actually look crazy attractive. Well, well, that's it. And it also includes the user support, their applications. Minimizing downtime yeah. by using best practices, yep. securing them so they don't get cyber incidents. And you get the virtual CIO functionality, which actually is more than just, oh, that's an old PC, let's go replace that. Or, um, gee, you've got 12 people and 10 machines. Maybe you need two more computers. Can I send you a bill? It, it, it Really, that's not the whole strategic approach. It's really looking at working with the clients on their business, how can we make you more efficient through the use of technology? So, so here's a question. I'm going to put you on the spot because you weren't expecting this one. That's excellent. Okay. If a customer's paying that for a managed service yes. versus traditionally what people did with a break fixed model, which you know, on paper costs less, blah, blah, blah. Are you telling me this actually would save them? more money than that one because they'd minimize downtime they wouldn't have those extra expenses we talked about they'd be in the cloud you know if you actually add it up is that kind of agreement financially better just at the get-go without all the other benefits you, you know what it, it depends on what state you're in when you start mm-hmm. um and i'll probably say that the clients that we come across where we talk in detail about managed services what we can do with it and that, that sort of approach and normally the ones that are in a not so great state to start with. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of examples at the moment where we are actually monthly positive, meaning that although we may charge so many thousands of dollars a month to be in there, we've actually saved them more. In order, auditably, you can actually yep. go and order all these numbers. We've actually saved them more in reduction in cost of their environment. Wow. Just because over the years they've accumulated so much technical debt so yep. many little systems like they here's a process that has seven steps and each one of those steps involves a bit of cost here here, and yep. you can simplify the process and work with them and reduce the overall cost cool. old, old phone systems with really high maintenance contracts on them mm-hmm. which people just pay because it's well the phone has to work yeah oh no look here's this thing called teams and a team's voice and you actually work out the cost and it's, it's got it's got less downtime it's got less downtime and it's managed for you and yeah. it, there's a lot of elements to this it's really important to pay attention so okay so that's a really good place to leave it. But I will say, you want to understand where your costs are, we've got an online calculator. We do indeed. We do indeed. And you can come along. It's a little geared towards accountants at the moment, but we are going to release a new version that's more generic. But come and have a play and have a look at how your costs of IT actually line up against the industry and benchmark it. There's a link down there in the description. It, it's easier to use than falling out of your rooftop tent. Now, don't start that now, Scott. Don't start. You said you wouldn't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> all that's left for me to say is thank you, Scott. Thank you, Nick. No worries. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, hit a like button, and leave a comment to let us know if there's any topic you'd like to hear us discuss. 
So apart from that, have a good day. Bye, everyone. See ya.